All right, family, welcome back to another episode of What We Couldn't Say on Sunday. I am here only with Daniel, Pastor Daniel, um, and because Ross is out of town. He's actually doing something that some of you love and some of you abhor, which is called, <laughs> it's just hunting. Yeah. And so it's just uh, Daniel and I. This is a short episode, and in this one, we're following up on Daniel's sermon um, on Luke 1, 5 through 25. Uh, title of the sermon was How to Trust God When He Says Wait, and it was extremely helpful for a number of our members, especially as we all have unmet longings, unmet answered prayers, and things that we're wrestling through. And we can see the story very clearly, um, illustrate this, these realities of God's faithfulness in the waiting in the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth and um, John. And so, we're, like every podcast uh, we do, we start off by just reminding ourselves what was the main point. What, what did you say, Daniel? Yeah. So um, I love this text because I, like I think everyone, every Christian has moments in their life where they're tested and, and their, their faith is tested in God. Do they believe that he's good in their waiting? Um, we all pray. We all have desires. And sometimes those, those desires are met with, uh, a, a yes. Um, I thought you'd never ask. Sometimes they're, they're met with uh, a no, I love you way too much for that. Uh, sometimes it's yes and not yet. And, and sometimes it's yes and here's much more. And, and I think the, the thing that's hardest for us is when we're, we're called to... I'm sorry, my text message just went off. <laughs> it's all right. I won't hold it against you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes the, the waiting is the hardest for us. And I think that this story has something to say for us about that because Zachariah and Elizabeth waited for years uh, for a child. They were, were barren and that was dangerous for them. And um, they were kind of a parable for all of Israel who for 400 years uh, hadn't had a prophet in the land. There was like silence and there was beginning, there was beginning I think, to be question of where is God why isn't he doing what he said he was going to do? Yeah. Um, and now God approaches Zachariah and he says, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard, those sweet words. Um, I hope they, they ring in your ears right now. Your prayer has been heard. God hears your prayers. And uh, I think the angel is, is saying to Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. He makes explicit for that you would bear a son now. But also your prayer has been heard. The Messiah is showing up and he's going to take care of, he's going to take care of uh, your, your enemies, but in a different way than you imagine. Yeah, yeah. So really, uh, this, this sermon was calling us to, uh, to trust God, to patiently trust the God who hears our prayers. That's, yeah. that's really the main point of the sermon. Um, yeah. Jesus showed us how to do that. If we look briefly at Psalm 22. Um, he had confidence in God even to the point of death. Yeah. And this this is our path forward, to, to look to him who trusted in the character of God. He knew, uh, he knew that God was good. He trusted in the one who had um, met Israel's needs time and time again. He'd always been faithful. And I just remind you and I reminded us, if God didn't spare his son, yeah. he will not spare anything mm. for you. He mm. is for you and he is really going to leave He's not going to leave you hanging uh, in your need. The important thing is that we get our priorities straight. Yeah. This is where it becomes very tricky is that 
are our priorities, are our prayers centered around the kingdom. Yeah. We are not promised that we will have health, wealth, and prosperity in this life. We are promised that in the coming age, in the That's new right. heavens and new earth. So it's not a matter of if you will have the things you want or need, yeah. but when. Um, but yeah. what we're called to do is to, uh, we, we have to trust him. And that, that trust comes in the power of the Holy Spirit. John was great. He was great because he had the Holy Spirit, and this this is our going to be. Um, it should be our greatest desire. God, give us more of your Holy Spirit. Give us more of yourself, so that in my life, more and more, uh, Christ is exalted, whether I have or do not have. Mm. Um, we're trusting in Him and uh, continuing to serve in the midst of our waiting, taking our eyes off of our circumstances, putting them on God, getting back to work. Yeah. I, was, I was also thinking, just from what you said, they're longing, Elizabeth and Zachariah, they're longing for a child, yeah. which represented, you know, ultimately retirement, security, mm-hmm. um, honor right. in the culture, mm-hmm. um, and just also the, the delight of having a child, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of culminated on Jesus and Jesus, like you said, said, because quoting Romans eight thirty two, he brings us everything. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, every unmet longing we have, every unanswered prayer is found in Jesus That's in right. some form or fashion, right? Mm-hmm. You may not get that specific girl that you want, right? Yeah. God hasn't promised you to get everything we've ever yeah. wanted, right? But the seeds of everything we wanted ultimately find their um, full fulfillment in Jesus. Yes. And so what you're looking for that one person or that one job, ultimately Jesus is the greatest um, answer to that longing that you have. Yeah. And so it may not be the specific answer you're looking for, but it would be the, it, it's the greatest answer mm-hmm. you could ever look for. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I found uh, good, good hope and comfort in this. Um, and I, and I hope you do too, that, that in Christ, we will have all of our needs fulfilled. Um, he, he is really sufficient for us. So yeah, we have reason good. to trust in God while we wait and, and have a strong confidence in him that's good. While, while we wait. That our prayers would not be kind of like, oh, he'll never do this. He, he you know, it doesn't, it's not a, a faithless prayer. Yeah. I think that's that happens. But but one that is is really confident that, that God is for us. That's and good. That he's good in, in whatever he calls us to to wait for. Well, moving on, we are going to move to the section where you you start sharing what do you wish you said differently? Yeah. You want to clarify anything that you said? Yeah, so um, Steve Clem actually brought something to my attention that I thought was so helpful. Um, he he said there's something, there's one thing that was missing, and, and that was the glory that God gets when we have a prayer fulfilled that we've been waiting on for a long time. So Zachariah and Elizabeth, right. imagine you know this long, long waiting. Yeah. Uh, they were continuing to be faithful in that time. And God said, wait and wait and wait. And he finally fulfilled their prayers. And what bursts forth from Zachariah's heart and from Elizabeth's heart, mm-hmm. worship. That's right. Worship and awe yeah. at God's plan. Good. Because now... These people that were were probably shamed in their in their city because of uh, being barren. Elizabeth had reproach on her. Now 
she's praised as as some of the the greatest. Her son is known by Jesus as the greatest of those born of amongst women. And so this is true for us. Um, if if God had given me a wife five years ago, <laughs> yeah. uh, I wouldn't have my my dear bride Kate. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I'm so thankful to God. Like, so thankful. I say it daily almost. Like, Lord, thank you. I mean, thank you. And and Kate says the same thing. Like, we're just both so happy. I was engaged to be married when I was 21. It it brought deep pain when that was broken off. And and then years of singleness afterwards. And yet I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like, I have my bride. And, and you could just trace this story out in so many of your, your lives where, where God, he says, wait, I have something better for you. He says, yes, but I'm not going to give you that yet. Um, or, or he may, he may be saying like, no, I love you way too much for that thing. But, uh, I felt, I felt like it was really important to say God may very well answer many of the prayers that you're praying for. And, and when that gets answered, um, you're going to praise God for his providence and his sovereignty over that situation and that he did it the way that he did. And I, and I think that is, uh, that is true for Zachariah and Elizabeth. I think that'll be true for, for our lives. It's just, can we believe in him until that day? Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I have one thing that I wish you said differently. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm springing this up on you because we haven't had our uh, post-sermon talk yet. Sure. Um, you made a mention about us despairing if um, to not despair if we are doubting God. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Um, yes. Yes. And I feel like there is one sense that you should be like, take, you could take courage because you've doubted and say, okay, you know, God can still meet you where you're at. Yeah. God is a God who is... Um, compassionate and will meet people in their doubting, right? Um, Lord, help me believe. Yeah. Uh, I believe, but help me in my unbelief, right? Yeah. But yet in this passage, it seems like they're rebuked for their lack of belief. Yeah. And I don't know if you hit that hard enough. Yeah. In one sense, it's like, yo, like, listen, people, Christians, if you are doubting God, in one sense, shame on us. Yeah. Like, look what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. Look at him. And mm-hmm. in one sense, we want to be comforted in the fact that, you know, God can meet us skeptics and when we're cynical. He does, and he mm-hmm. does so well. Mm-hmm. And yet, in one, one sense, we need to be like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. all that he's done? Yeah. How do we doubt him still? Yeah. I mean, how many times, have you ever done this? Like, God provides for you supernaturally, like financially, and he comes through, and you're like, God, I will never doubt again. <laughs> After this time, yeah. you know, I'm writing it down. I'm going to erect the stone to remind, and then we like, next time, the, you know, money's low. We're like, yeah. oh no, you know? Yeah. And it's like, man, in one sense, scripture is like, rebukes us. And, you know, he gets rebuked for doubting Gabriel. And you said that. Yeah. Um, and so he came and speak and like, that's a big deal. Yeah. And yet for us, like we get away with not having to be, you know, what was the word dumb? Like you can't speak yeah, yeah. For, for, you know, like yeah. we, we've never had it that bad, you know, right. but like how often do we doubt God? And in one sense, we, we all need to say, wow, like God, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. That's offensive to you. Yeah. Just like if my son doubt, I hate it when my son doubts me. But I'm like, mm. Elijah, I'll do this. And he's like, but I, but I don't think you can, or you, would mm-hmm. you, will you forget? Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, man. I got this. It's yeah. so easy. You don't yeah. realize it. And so I think there's something to be said that brothers and sisters, if we're doubting God, yes, he can meet us, but we also need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm doubting yeah. you. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And it's, yeah, the, uh, 
that's important because that's when the gospel gets sweet. When yeah. Realize, when yeah. we really own our sin, we really bow before him, then the gospel's sweet. And that's the, the hope I, I meant to offer there is just uh, Jesus never doubted. Yeah. Jesus never doubted. And that's that's why this is this gospel is is such good news that we can rely on him. His his righteousness is imputed to us who believe. That's good. So that's good. good. Well, did you have one more thing you wanted to share regarding what you wish you, you know, wish you what you wanted to say differently? <laughs> Sorry. Actually, speak. no. Just a couple more things that I wish that I could have said. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Let's see that. We wrap there. Up. So these are just a couple implications. I mean, there's a lot more. I, I wanted to talk about the temple and its significance in that time, but I we are going to have more sermons on that. I mean, that Jesus is is in the temple. There's there's some other significant moments. Uh, in in this series that we'll cover, so I'm not going to go there. But there's there's this one verse that I, I think has some crazy implications, and that that are that is um, verse 15 of chapter one. It says, "For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Mm. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb." So I want to talk Wild. one about alcohol. Uh, or strong drink, and then also about the fact that we are a pro-life church. And there'll be another sermon on this, but I just want to say a couple things. Um, Some have taken this command of abstinence for John to be a command for all people. Mm. And I think that they're they're erring, Mm -hmm. though I understand the reason they would want to do this. It's like, well... Mm -hmm. Uh, the holiest, you know, yeah. these these individuals that that God like put His Holy Spirit on in a special mm-hmm. way, and then also the Nazarites, right? yeah, this the is, Nazarite vow, the Nazarite vow, yeah. like they never touched it. So God must, there must be something. Yeah, but Jesus actually drank wine. He tur- his first miracle was to turn water into wine. Yeah, and people even called him yeah a glutton and a drunkard. That's right. He was a partier without sin. He never got drunk. Yeah. The scriptures are clear that that drunkenness is sin. That when you're you're uh, yeah giving into that and you're not sober minded, uh, that 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 grieves God, that grieves Him. So Jesus never did that, but Jesus did consume wine. So the the key that I think that we can learn, the thing to learn from this passage is that God may have a specific request for you mm. and what you do with alcohol. Mm. So here's a here's a few things to to think through. Um, first off, I'll just say that the reason I can make that claim is because there are differences throughout Scripture and who could and could not uh, use mm-hmm. use uh, alcohol. Timothy was was called to use alcohol for his you know for his Some physical of, ailments. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, Jesus did and. And I could give a longer list, but but there not everyone is is called to abstain. So here here's a few things to to think through. Alcohol consumption is a matter of conscience. It's a matter of conscience according to uh, scripture. And in other words, what what that means is Christians have freedom to drink in moderation, never under drunkenness, but they also have freedom to abstain. Mm-hmm. You also have freedom to abstain. And the question is, what do you believe the Lord is instructing you to do about it? Do you come from a line of drinkers? Mm. Do you come from those who have used drugs? Have you been tempted to abuse alcohol? Then 
abstain like use your christian freedom and yep. abstain from using alcohol abstain yep. abstain from these things um quick quick story on that yeah i know one of our members and leaders at our church actually him and his wife take a whole month off of alcohol every year yeah just as a fast and just checking their self make sure that they're not being mastered by it or looking to it for refuge or being overly independent on it that's great but just using it as a good gift in a healthy yeah. way that's great. No. Um, number two, there, there's more to be said about the conscience, but just just for sake of time, con- number two, consumption is also a matter of the law. The scriptures bind us to submit to human authorities, and our law does not allow anyone under age mm-hmm. to drink. So we would just say we agree with this, yep. and we think that the Bible is very clear that if you're under age, you are not allowed to drink, and that it would be sin to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, consumption is a matter of loving our brothers and sisters who do not have a clear conscience to partake uh, of, of alcohol. So our, our goal then, uh, Paul, Paul lays out in, uh, is it 1 Corinthians 14? Um, matters of caring for our brothers. If we, right. if we are to eat meat right. that has been sacrificed to an idol, right. uh, but, you know, Paul says there's there's Christian freedom to do that, but if it causes someone to stumble and sin, no, it's not fourteen. It's, it's eight. It's eight. I'm sorry. Yes, food sacrifice idol, and he also gets into it in ten also. Yeah, and, and he talks about it in Romans. Anyway, yeah, all, yeah. there's several places. <laughs> yeah, but um, if it causes your brother to sin, then it it becomes sin for the partaker if they're if they're uh, causing their brother to stumble. So we we take. We take it very seriously uh, that we, we don't use our Christian freedom. Um, it's not only about yourself, but it's also about those around That's you. Right. Yeah. And uh, our, our aim is to love others and to be careful. So I think, I think there's generally an understanding of this within our body. Yeah. And I would say that um, one way that we might grow is just to, to be checking in with other people. Hey, how does this affect you? Does this mm-hmm. are you okay with me with me having it? Do you struggle with it? But but church, we have some people within our community that struggle mm-hmm. with these things. And so we need to be aware and not allow our uh, our Christian freedoms to to cause others to stumble. I mean, you you brought up First Corinthians and a big theme throughout First Corinthians is sometimes love restricts freedoms. Yeah. And that is so un-American. Yeah. Right? Being American is I have as much freedom as possible, and you yep. never impede on mine. Yes. But to truly love people and to know where they're at, you may restrict your freedoms for seasons in order to serve them. And he even says, I won't even eat meat if it were for the sake of the, you know his brothers. Right. Right? Like, who here would ever forsake meat? Yeah. As carnivorous we are. <laughs> you know, that's not yeah. a right, real, real word. But you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the kind of love. That's the kind of extent love goes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we, we want to love our, our brothers and sisters. And and ultimately, John was called to abstain because the Lord had a special mission for him. And that's the one that began in the womb. the womb. And perhaps God would call you to abstain from alcohol to keep your heart prepared for what God has for you. That's right. You need to seek the Lord for that. Yep. Um, one other quick thing I want to touch on, which, again, we're going to get into this more. I think we're going to do an entire sermon in a couple of weeks on on uh, the, the sanctity of life. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to say this this passage here, it says that John will be filled with the Spirit even from his mother's womb. This is such 
a strong you can make such a strong case for from this passage mm-hmm. for life in the womb right. and and how important it is to God. John is in in saying that John is going to have a uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It, it is saying that he is going to have some capacity for relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that works for mm-hmm. for a baby, yeah. you know. But but what I do know is is God has it would seem changed his heart even from the womb. This there's implications even even here for like God's providence and sovereignty over salvation. You yeah. know, there's there's a lot here. But what this would suggest is that God has a plan for every single baby in the womb. This is like the very early stages. Even be, sorry, this is even before this baby has been conceived, and God is saying, "This is the plan I have. It has a name, John. It's going to be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. This is the plan. This is exactly the plan that I have for it." So we, as a church, take this uh, act of abortion when people, uh, in the name of of freedom and choice for their own bodies when they take the life of a child we believe that god has has something to say about that he would call it murder mm-hmm. and it is a grievous sin it is it's sad because we're we're taking away something that is precious to god and that is is human life every life bears his image and every life uh, though we sometimes deem it to be uh, an inconvenience that we'd have another child it is challenging to be pregnant God says, this, this child in the womb matters. I have a plan for it. That's right. And I, I think that this is not just John the Baptist, but, mm-hmm. but for every single mm-hmm. one of, of babies, in, every, every baby in the womb. So we are a pro-life church. We love babies. <laughs> we we, mm-hmm. we want to care for both baby and mom. We know that this is a complex issue. So there's, yep. I think, more to come here. Yep, from um, the womb from Womb to the tomb, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what they say. And, and we want to actually make sure our money is where our mouth is. Yes. So I just would offer to anyone who's hearing this that has ever experienced an abortion, had an abortion, or, or who would uh, n- interact with somebody who has, there's so much grace. Jesus came to save sinners, including this sin. That's right. And so I just want to offer to you that, that you must... Repent if this is how if this is what you believed that it's okay to to choose to kill a baby, uh, but that you would find hope in Jesus if you run to Him. Jesus is is ready and willing to receive you, and uh, and and also we would just invite you if you if you want to talk to someone and walk through uh, walk through that with with us, please reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. This is a tricky issue and Absolutely. and one that is uh, we're not doing justice in, in a very short state, few, yeah. few words here. So, but like you said, we're going to go into it more. Yeah. Another sermon very little soon. So um, don't, don't judge us harshly for our, short. <laughs> it's a lot more complex, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's circumstances that make it tricky, tricky medically. And there's all those things that we're not addressing right now, but we also don't want to um, act like those aren't there. Yeah. And, um, and there's something to be said about all this. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. That's that's about all for me. Yeah. That's this is helpful. Um, it's a short, probably the shortest midweek we've ever had. Wow. Um, probably because I have a meeting I have to run to. That's <laughs> why we're doing it. But it's still valuable. So uh, thanks for tuning in, church. Hopefully this uh, served you, and we'll see you soon.